Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southernness to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, it's the Thursday edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. I'm Bob Getty. My buddy Kelly Sander is here with me in the Southern Bank Corps studio in Oak Grove, Mississippi, a.k.a. Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us. Beautiful day here in Southern Mississippi. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, a great place to eat and a great place to cater your first football tailgate. Dickies can set you up for that opener. Just give them a call, and uh, Dickies can cater any event for any occasion. Sean Clark is the head football coach of Appalachian State. He's on the show. Damian Duff is a, a new member of the athletic department. He'll be talking about fan day in a little bit. But right now, we want to kick off the show with our good friend Patrick McGee, NOLA.com, down in the Crescent City. And Patrick, uh, the Saints took the field against the defending world champions. Uh, Derek Carr looked good, and, and overall, I thought the Saints looked good. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's kind of you're really looking at your first stringers and second stringers and maybe some rookies that kind of pop on the field. And really, whenever the Saints had their first string on the field, they looked really good, especially offensively. Defensively, looked strong as well. Uh, but everybody was going to be uh, had their eyes on Derek Carr, and he really did look good. I mean, he, he looked like what you're supposed to look like when you were taking center. You know, the, he could see the game playing out in front of him. He found the open guys. Uh, he moved around well in the pocket. At 32 years old, he cr- clearly hasn't lost any athleticism. He, if anything, he's gotten stronger. Uh, so, yeah, he, he looked good. Uh, it, it, you know, one drive is, is, is really nothing, but the way he got Kamara involved, Michael Thomas was involved, Juwan Johnson, the tight end, who kind of emerged as a, a significant player last year now looks like he can maybe potentially be taking another step up and maybe even being a, a pro bowl type of tight end. So, yeah, I mean, one drive, you don't want to overstate things. And I know whenever Jameis Winston kind of uh, debuted as the Saints starting quarterback a couple of years ago in the postseason, in the preseason, he was really, you know, could do nothing wrong and do this and that. So you don't put too much stock in this, uh, but just the way you look and see how he played. I mean, just the way he handled the offense, it looked, pretty ideal and it's uh you know it's a time where you're really evaluating too you know who's going to make your roster and obviously you want to see them perform but you're also you're using preseason to evaluate who's going to be on your roster and i contend there's still too many preseason games patrick yeah well i'm glad they at least pulled one back i i don't i wasn't a huge fan of ex- expanding it to se- the regular season 17 games but yeah, I mean, the Saints are having uh, practices this week with the Chargers or this morning, and then they're going to play them in the uh, next preseason game on Sunday. 
so they're getting pr- plenty of chances to gauge and look at guys, and and we'll see. I mean, it's, we're not sitting here saying, look, talking about a rookie that just kind of showed out. And he's a game changer, but this is a team full of veterans, and for the most part, uh, those veterans look pretty ready to go. Not n- nothing really extensive in terms of injuries. And Patrick, it's not like this happened last night, but because of the legal entanglements of Alvin Kamara, the Saints have kind of signed a, a pro, big profile guy to help bolster the run back, uh, the running back uh, core. Tell us about that. Yeah, Daryl Williams, uh, LSU product, played with the Chiefs for a bit. Uh, spent some time, I believe, with the Cardinals a year ago. Didn't get on the field much, but has been productive whenever he's gotten his his time on the field. And he's a guy that can really catch the ball out of the backfield, elusive. Uh, you know, just kind of a smaller back and kind of fill that role. Then maybe that third down back uh, with Kamara out for the first three games of the season. He's somebody can step in there. Kendra Miller, uh, a little banged up in the preseason game, but he was back out there in pads. I'm not sure if he was able to practice at all, but he was at least in attendance there at practice. Uh, so whenever Miller was a little dinged up, they had to figure out figure out something, and Daryl Miller makes sense as a guy that can come in on third down situations and passing situations. And, and really kind of be a threat out of the backfield. So it does make sense what they did with Darrell Williams. And the, the goal, our Golden Eagles have suffered a couple of uh, major injuries, a um, couple of season-ending injuries in the preseason, and that's why I always kind of hold my breath every time my favorite teams take the field. How have the Saints weathered uh, any injury situation up to this point? Uh, Trey Turner early was expected you know, play a key role in depth in the offensive line. He was injured early on. Uh, so, but that's really the only guy that we're sitting here thinking, oh gosh, you know, they've lost somebody. Demario Davis is mispracticed, uh, but it's not expected to be anything serious to keep him out for an extended period of time. I think the expectation is that he will be able to go for the season opener, if not maybe week two, something like that. Uh, you definitely want him out there, but nothing really, really serious at this point. Uh, I guess one thing that you're kind of really harping on and focusing on is making sure they had the right depth and the right players on the field at the in the linebacker core. When you take Demario Davis out of the, uh, the situation, it does change them on defense. So that's one area of concern is just making sure they kind of, if Davis is out a game or two, that they have something on the field that makes sense. Patrick, I, I think New Orleans is probably as a beloved franchise among its fan base as any in the league. So, right. so I have to believe that this time of the year, things that you know the the momentum and, and the buzz in the air gets higher and higher as the season approaches. Yeah, and I, I think the preseason uh, game did, did a lot to kind of feed that. Uh, you, you you saw you saw a lot more optimism out of the fans. I think everybody, you know, felt good about what the Saints did and who they brought in. But they're you know it's, it's healthy to be a skeptic, you know, and, and wait until things played out because they've been disappointed the last two or three years. Uh, with injuries and all host of, of things that have really kind of stepped up in the what you know in terms of bad luck, uh, but this is a good team, a veteran team, and if they keep the guys on the field that they have, uh, they're going to win a fair amount of football games. How tough is that on a university like Tulane that won, that won the Cotton Bowl last year? Had a lot of excitement, really good college football team, but they live in the shadow of the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, it's a pro sports town. New Orleans is. I mean. And, and and New Orleans itself is kind of a cross section of the South. People aren't, you know, there aren't we aren't necessarily overwhelmed with LSU fans in, in New Orleans either. You know, it's, people are from, come from all over the South and the nation to live here. And it's yeah, Tulane has its corner uptown you know, where I live, closer to campus. You see a lot of Tulane flags and stuff like that. But uh, it, you know, there's college towns like Hattiesburg, Oxford, you know, Tuscaloosa, or wherever. Uh, this isn't a college town. 
Uh, it's Tulane's just tried to carve out its corner of the town. This and that's just the way it's going to be. Tulane's a great academic school that brings in students from all over the nation. They're not rooted in their community like a lot of schools are. Uh, I think Rice kind of faces a similar situation in Houston, probably. Yeah. So Tulane's just its own animal to itself. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that second town you named, but I do, I do agree. Uh, you know, I, I grew up, I say that because I grew up in Alexandria, Virginia, and until I moved back to Mississippi with my family, I was a junior in high school. The truth is, I I paid zero attention to college athletics. It was the Washington Redskins from January right. to January. And in, I think people that that live in college towns don't understand the grip that NFL football has on on cities that the franchises play out of. Do you? Yeah, well, I, I think what it is, you know, New Orleans is one of the smaller markets in the NFL, and you look at Green Bay, and just Green Bay, just, you know, the Packers just dominate. I mean, they just, everything revolves around the Packers. It may be a little bit less so in New Orleans, but, you know, I think it's every Sunday or typically every Sunday. New Orleans, I think, and I forget who the other market is. Maybe even Birmingham is a big football town. But no no NFL market is, is more tuned into their team's games on, on Sunday than Saints fans are. Everything stops. <laughs> you know, if you're not a football fan and you want to go to a grocery store on a Sunday, you do it at noon, you know, because <laughs> you know those grocery stores are going to be empty. Uh, right. Just everything is just – so dev- everyone is so devoted to the Saints here. Right. And what I see in grocery stores here in Hattiesburg yeah. are people wearing Saints stuff. I, I think that the I think that things are, are shaping up to look pretty good for the Saints because, you know, first of all, to win the Super Bowl, you have to get in the playoffs, right? But right. the Saints are in the NFC, which with all the powerhouse stud quarterbacks pretty much being in the AFC – all right, so that, that makes it a little bit easier for the Saints. And th- so the NFC, you would say, by and large, is weaker than the AFC. And then the division that the Saints are in is one of the weaker divisions in the entire league. So if the Saints can mind their P's and Q's and keep their nose to the grindstone, they, they, I think they could, uh, could do well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's how they convinced Michael Thomas staying around for another year, bringing Derek Carr. There, there's an opportunity here. Uh, they, there's a window, you know, and, right. and can the Saints kind of get through that window? We'll see. I think there's a very good potential that they're going, you know, if they play well, they're going to be one of two or three top teams in the NFC uh, if they play up to their potential and keep folks healthy. Uh, but that's that's a whole bunch of ifs. And, and But, yeah, there's there's that opportunity for the Saints to really kind of take advantage of this. Well, the bad news for the Saints is now that I no longer have a team, I've turned my attention to the Saints, and I have a history of destroying whatever NFL franchise I follow. So, uh, Including that one in Washington. Yes, the, the <laughs> Commodores. Uh, well, Patrick, I hope that they can overcome me, but uh, I, I hope that uh, I hope the Saints do good. Hope you have a good weekend, brother. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Look forward to it. Patrick McGee, everybody, from NOLA.com, one of our very good friends. and. I think a great sports writer, Kelly Center. I think he does a great job. And remember, our relationship was started back when he was at the Biloxi Sun-Herald covering Ten Southern Miss. Ten years Minnesota. ago. Ten yeah. years ago when we started this show. All right, Damian Duff is new to the town. He is, what, the marketing AD now at Southern Miss. Fan day, Saturday for the Golden Eagles. A little quirk there we'll tell you about if you don't already know. Just a little hint. Get up early if you want to come. We'll be back.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, we want to thank Patrick McGee, NOLA.com, giving us our weekly New Orleans Saints update. Saints look good as they open up the preseason. Campus Bookmark sponsors this segment of our program. Great place to buy Southern Miss apparel, of course. Miss Kathleen is the best, of course. And if you're listening in other parts of the state or around the country on our podcast, you can simply go to campusbookmark.net. And while I'm thinking about that, let me remind you that the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast is always available on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Damian Duff is a new member of the athletic department. Uh, we just learned on the phone he's an avid Pittsburgh Steeler fan, which Ooh. which Kelly loved a lot. An Ohio, an Ohio guy that pulls for the Steelers. Well, he likes but he likes a winner, Kelly. I mean, yeah, but if you're a res, if you're a native of Ohio, Damian Duff, and you're a Steeler fan, couldn't you like go to jail for that? Being yeah, I think so. But I kind of offset it because I, I love my Cincinnati Reds and I love my Cleveland Cavaliers and my, my Blue Jackets. So I think. Uh, Kind of, you got to take the good with the bad, you know. Well, and to be fair, uh, Ben Rapersberger, I mean Roethlisberger, wasn't he from? Oh. O- <laughs> oh, was, was he, he was? He, he was, went to Miami, Ohio. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, and to be fair, until two years ago, Damian, if he'd have been a Cincinnati Bengal fan, would have had nothing to be excited about. I've, I've been around you for a long time. Last two years, you're like a new person, but prior to that, you were pretty humble. But but I but I doesn't change me. From me being a Bengal fan. No, that's right. I'm with my team come win or lose. I mean, this is how bad me and Kelly are. A few years ago, I've been a lifelong Redskin fan and Kelly Bengal fan, and they played each other on a Sunday morning in England. It was the big England game. and So Kelly and I waste four and a half hours of our lives watching them. They play into overtime. They miss like four field goals in overtime, and after four and a half hours, it ended in a 10-10 tie. It was one of the low moments of my Redskins fan career. Yeah, if you can't beat – we were saying if you can't beat the Redskins, you might as well hang it up. And they were saying the same thing about us. If Nobody could beat either the, one. The Bengals. All right, let's get to the real team that we care about. The Southern Miss Golden Eagles getting ready, uh, putting the finishing touches as they get ready for Alcorn in the opener. And as we get closer to the opener, we're going to be wall-to-wall uh, Southern Miss football. But fans have an opportunity to meet these guys up close and personal this Saturday. This is actually – an event put on by the Alumni Association at Southern Miss, but Damien has um, has been gracious enough to tell us about things that are going to take place this coming Saturday and how some things had to change from the original time. So kind of set the table here for us, Damien. Yeah, so typically the last couple of years we've had, you know, gates open early in the morning and you catch the, the back half of the football practice or the scrimmage, the inner squad, and there's usually, you know, games on the field after for, for kids to play around with. We'll, we'll still have the bouncy houses so so parents don't be too alarmed. Um, but this year we kind of had to change it up due to the heat, so we got to start a little bit earlier. Gates are going to open at 8.30. Coach Hall is scheduled to speak at 10.15. And uh, we're kind of encouraging fans not to, to enter the field, but we'll try to send some players up into the, the touchdown terrace to interact with the fans, maybe get some autographs and stuff like that. But, uh you know, trying to get the, the players out of the heat as much as possible just uh, so they can get ready for that season opener. And the and the reason you don't want them on the field, number one, the turf is new, brand new, but also it's hotter on the field, isn't it? Hot. Yeah. Correct. It, it's Well, it's brand new, of course, and we had a that temperature gauge gun out there the other day, and it was over 130 degrees, so it's just kind of one of those things you just got to be careful of and no point in running or, you know, risking it if we don't have to. Sure. 
I, I, I think one of the things I would try to do if I were Jeremy McLean, yeah, like I'm telling Jeremy McLean how to do his job, but like, <laughs> like book Idaho and North Dakota and Minnesota, all these schools. They melt. <laughs> They were just absolutely mad. Talk about home field advantage. You know? So, Damien, right. uh, tell us about you. You're new to the athletic staff, first time on our show. How did you end up at Southern Miss? Yeah, so, like I said, I'm from Ohio. Um, I went to Ohio State, spent four years there, and then I was applying for a bunch of different uh, graduate assistantships. Um, ended up at Southern Miss. It's kind of how I got my start. Did that. Uh, did a few months in with campus recreation here in Southern Miss, then switched over to the athletic department in the marketing and promotions area. Did that for a little over a year, and one thing led to another. I got a full-time position last year, um, June 2022, so I've been full-time for over a year now, and okay. that's well, kind of where I'm you. at. So you've, you, you've, adjusted to, you've adjusted to the humidity and the heat and the food and the good and the bad of South Mississippi. You know, they they told me that it gets better with the heat, and I'm still waiting for it. It's been three years, and I'm still <laughs> I'm still you know sweating when I walk out of my door to my dr- the car in the driveway. Uh-huh. But, uh, no, you no, know, like no you question. said, you got to take the good with the bad, and and I can't say that the the winters down here are way nicer. I went home for for Christmas break, and it was negative four. So I did wow. not miss that at all. And although you are, you do bleed black and gold now. You have to be excited that the Eagles are actually going to be going to Columbus. Going to curb stomp next year, Ohio State. Right? Correct. Not yeah, even be close. I am so excited for that. When they actually announced that, I believe pretty early when I got down here, I believe it was in 2020 when we announced that we'd be playing a a game up in Columbus, and I was so excited. I've had that one circled for a long time now, and I, yeah. I can't wait to get back there and watch it. I'm not quite as excited as you are. <laughs> hey, as long as the check clears, Bob, that's, you know, as long yeah, as the check clears. Yeah. But uh, it's back to FanFest on Saturday, Damien. Now, are things going to be available for kids to have signed? Like, you guys are going to be giving out posters, schedules? You know, what can yep. fans expect? Yep, so when you walk in, you'll see, you know, a handful of tables. It'll be our marketing department. Um, we'll be working with Eagle Club and ticketing, and we'll have tables set up there for all your needs. And we'll have posters, yard signs. We got really cool uh, slap koozies, if you've seen those on social media, with the new uh, football field design. So we'll be giving those away while supplies last. And we'll also have our, our Seymour Sidekick sign up. We got a really cool football cards in your pack this year. So um, all kids under the age of 14 can sign up for 25 bucks. You get a, a T-shirt, Frisbee, lanyard, uh, football card pack, and free admission to select Southern Miss events. Hmm. Is it possible we could get a Lee Applewhite autograph if we came early? Is there any way you could work uh, that out for us? I think uh, I'm supposed to give him a Sharpie at 830 Sharp, and he'll be oh. signing the autographs all day. A man, let me point this out to everybody. A man that took my phone away from me the other night at the Scott Berry banquet took a picture of himself and sent it to my wife. <laughs> that sounds like Lee. <laughs> I was going to say, you could uh, you could get another picture of Lee Applewhite with some nice numbers underneath it and a profile at the Lamar County <laughs> Sheriff's Office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Damon, we're glad, we're glad that you uh, got your position. Uh, we appreciate you coming on and talking to us for, about this, even though it, it really is an alumni association deal. Uh, you gave our listening audience a good insight. What time would you suggest they get there for their kids? I would say get there right at eight thirty. You know, when the gates open, um, just make sure you can. You're one of the first people to get the, you know, the mark, marketing and collateral materials that we have available while they last. But um, 
Yeah, looking forward to a great event, guys. Thanks for having me. And you, and you, you hear on social, you see some of these people on social media. Well, eight thirty—that's too early. But look, this is for kids, right? right? The, right. And, and this is where you develop future golden eagles. You know, the kids are going to be up watching cartoons or eating so their bring cereal. Them to the rock. Yeah, and yeah. you can be, right. be done before it gets too hot. Hey, one last question. I've heard I've heard this asked a few times. When will football tickets start appearing for season ticket holders? They should be appearing um, sometime next week, I believe. That's last I heard from the ticketing department. So you should be able to, if you haven't got them already, they should be appearing sometime next week. All right, Damon. We appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks a lot, and uh, good luck to your Steelers. Well, I was going to say, i got one more question for you, Damon. Are you taking anything medically for being a Steelers fan? Um, <laughs> he doesn't have to. They win, <laughs> Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm not taking anything, but hopefully a, a good season from our Golden Eagles will offset that that black and gold with the other black and gold. It's so all black and gold, sure. brother. It's all That's black right. and gold. And and a great That's trivia right. question in sports is all three of the big pro sports teams in Pittsburgh are black and gold. Yeah. Yep. The Penguins, Penguins. Pirates, and Steelers. Yeah. That's, That's right. Hey, Damian. Thanks, buddy. We appreciate your time. Hey, right, thank you guys. Have a good one, Damian Duff. Everybody. Marketing athletic director now at Southern Miss. Yeah, good for him. Pittsburgh Steeler fan. Yeah, we didn't have to mention that. But there are a lot of Pittsburgh Steeler fans, brother. Well, yeah, but but how and they, and they've all wanted to run off Mike Tomlin. You know, like, right. and I'm doesn't anything but win. I'm going. That guy is two. The two a teams coach. I think that travel the best in the NFL. It's amazing when you when you see them playing road games. How many of their fans will be in the stands? Are the Pittsburgh Steelers? And the Dallas Cowboys. And I think you'd have to throw the Packers in there, too. And the Green Bay Packers. Yes, you're right about that. Yeah, those people up north, they always talk about they never have any money. But if boy, right, the Packers right are going to that. L.A., they're going but to you be. Know, you know, you see, you see NFL games played in opposition stadiums, and, and there are more of them gold towels waving in the stands, the terrible towels that Pittsburgh fans carry around. Then there are the home team. Is there no other subject we can talk about in our remaining? <laughs> well, Tom Brady, I did see uh. a... You go from bad to worse. All right, let's talk about the Noel Daniels Motor Company. You can buy a new Icon cart from Noel Daniels, get it delivered anywhere in Mississippi for just $99. They carry electric vehicles for all your needs, starting with the golf course, but, of course, the farm. They're very handy there, and your neighborhood. They're fun. And remember, they'll deliver it right here in Hattiesburg or wherever you hear the Eagle Hour for just $99. They always keep a great inventory. Always give you the best deal regardless just tell your phone, take me to the Noel Daniels Motor Company in Brandon or shop us online at noeldaniels.car. We appreciate Noel Daniels sponsoring the Eagle Hour. They won't deliver them to Pittsburgh, though, because I'm sure they'll get beaten up or stolen or something. You know. Right back after this. <laughs> To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, 4th Street Bar and Grill sponsors this segment of our program. And you know what tomorrow is? It is Catfish Friday at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Don't miss out on it. I'm telling you, you won't buy better catfish meals anywhere 
then you will get them at Four Street Bar and Grill on Friday from 11 to 1. One, one thing we want to add about the Fan Fest, and I don't know that this has been published, but if you donate $500 to the Eagle Club Saturday morning, Kelly will cut your grass in a swimming suit at midday. Thank you, Kelly. I, I think that the athletic department is very grateful to you for that. Well, no, see, they're ingenious because the $500 gets me to your yard in my swimsuit. Then you have to pay another $500 for the blindfold or for me to go away. Or the Venetian blinds that you <laughs> want to buy. Yeah, right. Well, they'll give you money. Just don't worry about it. Here, here's another 100 Correct. Just please leave. leave. Yeah. I got you. All right. Uh, we have been talking to all the head football coaches uh, in the Sun Belt that the Golden Eagles will be playing. Kelly did a great job of that in New Orleans. And while he was there, he talked to the head coach of Appalachian State. The Golden Eagles playing there. That's going to be tough, no question. And about but, a, that. but a beautiful time of year where all the leaves are going to be changing colors up there in Boone right. and, and really a spectacular place. In the quote-unquote rock, which we all know is actually in Hattiesburg. But right. anyway. Here's what Sean Clark, head coach of Appalachian State, has to say about the season. Well, Coach Clark, the Golden Eagles, is looking forward to a trip, although later in the season, uh, to Boone. Everybody talks about how beautiful Boone is in the fall, the leaves turning color. But, I mean, you got business to take care of. But tell us about uh, tell us about this group that you've got coming in. What do you like about it? What are some things that, that are of immediate concern as you guys head into fall drills now? Well, I look forward to uh, getting on the field here next Thursday. Uh, we have, we've had an outstanding summer workouts, you know, through the weight room and our OTAs, get a chance to work with our players. And, you know, a lot of people don't know who we are this year. You know, it's uh, – you know, we had Taylor Lamb here for a long time at quarterback, Zach Thomas at quarterback, and Chase Bryce, and now we're going to break in a new quarterback. So uh, Ryan Berger and Joey Aguilar and Mace McHugh have had outstanding spring practice, and they had a great summer. So it's going to be interesting to see who wins the starting job in fall camp. And then, you know, I'm really excited to see our, our guys play. You know, not a lot of people know our receivers. I think we have a very talented receiver group, a deep running back room. Uh, we turned three starters in the offensive line that uh, you know, rushed the ball for almost 2,500 yards last year. So you know, on defense, I, I call them a no-name defense. And because really we had to um, reset a lot of things on defense this past year. We have a new coordinator coming in, Scott Sloan, who came from Army West Point. And um, a lot of new got new faces. You know, we uh, 17 of our 32 signees were transfers, and we had to, to rebuild our defense in some ways. So um, if there's any indication of what spring practice looked like to uh, fall camp, I think we'll have a really good chance to be successful next year. So, so you and Will Hall are, are rowing that same boat where you don't really know who your quarterback is for sure going into the, the first game. Well, Will's probably telling a lie. He probably knows who he's going to sign, <laughs> but Sean Clark doesn't. So, no, it's, uh, you know, you know through uh, spring practice, um, uh, Ryan Berger's been there for a year and a half now. And he was early enrollee, and then Joey got there in January, and so did Mason. So uh, we gave everybody equal reps in the spring practice, and, and all three bring something different to the table. And the one thing I, I do, our, our quarterbacks can run this year. You know, it's kind of how we get back to the old style apps there offense, run the triple option in some ways. But uh, Chase Bryce, he can get you five yards. These guys can go 55 yards. Uh, they can really run the football. Great football IQ. So I'm excited to watch those guys compete in fall camp. Some of some of your colleagues, uh, the coaches in the West, are talking about how you know it used to be called the Fun Belt. Where People were winning 55 to 47 or whatever, but but now it seems to be, you know, with, with Troy's defense. I'm looking at the Western teams, you know, Troy's defense, South Al's, uh, and now you're talking about, you know, your defense. It, it, we that. That uh, image might be changing a little bit more of a defensive league than than in the past. Yes. Yeah, from top to bottom, it's the be- the best non-autonomy group in the country, without question. And then, uh, kind of a fun fact: I've been this is my fourth year as the head coach. I'm the second longest tenure in the Sun Belt. So, you know, a lot of things have changed. 
and you look at the like he's mentioned when I first got in the Sun Belt, you know, App State was winning 55 to 30 or 55 20. Now those have changed. Uh, you know, it's it's 28 21. You know, we lost five games last year by less than a touchdown, and so the margin of error has gotten so much smaller. And if you make one mistake, it costs you the football game. So, uh, great conference, great coaches in our conference, more importantly, great players, and that's exciting to see on Saturdays. With with this, and they talked about that a lot yesterday. How the margin of error is just so close. So with that, does that change the way that the game has to be coached? Does that change the the players, the type of players that you have to recruit? Or? Well, not really. You know, okay. everyone's gotten bigger in the Sun Belt. When we first got here, you know, our starting, our average offensive line was six two and a half, two hundred ninety pounds. Now uh, players are six six, three hundred. So the, we have gotten bigger in, in the trenches, both on offense, uh, offense, defense side of the ball, but. Um, it's still it's still a great conference with great players that that, that make, can make a lot of plays. But you know, we tell our guys if you end every possession with a kick, and then you have a chance to be successful. The turnovers are what gets you. And in today's college football game, I don't think field goals will win football games. So you have to be more creative, more aggressive in the red zone because you score, you get a field goal, the other team was a touchdown, you're down, it's four points, you lost. So I think you see in our conference that a lot more teams are going for it on fourth down because they know how important touchdowns are. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good point. Uh, Coach uh, Dez yesterday of, of uh, Louisiana was, was talking about that as well, the difference between, you know, between three and seven. So now, um, is there anything keeping you up at night about your team as you head into it? No, yeah, it's, uh, I've been excited. Probably the only thing keeping me up is my son's 11U baseball team. Oh, They're up yeah. and down right now. But, uh, no, it's uh, uh, every college coach in the same boat. We're, we're undefeated right now. Right. And, you know, we get through non-con. Our goal is to win the Sun Belt Championship. And uh, we want to win every game. But, I mean, these first four games will be important to establish our identity, who we are, what we need to improve before we get into Sun Belt play. And I'm excited about that. Yeah, and the, and the final question I have for you is you guys are, will always have that reputation of being a giant killer. I mean, it seems like... Like you're always knocking somebody else that you're not supposed to. But I said at one point, when does it get to a point where people are surprised by Appalachian State beating anybody? That's my opinion, and I don't have any skin in the game. No, it's uh, we, we do play well in the big games. And I think that goes back to when Coach Moore was here back in the late 80s, early 90s, early 2000s, that he established the identity of, hey, let's play one play at a time, and, and they put their stuff on just like you do. And our guys have taken it to heart for the last 39, 40 years to, to go out and play those big-time games. They thrive in those games and ones they look forward to. Well, Southern Miss fans and Golden Eagles are looking forward to playing you guys later in the year, and hopefully for both teams it'll mean a lot. No, it's, it's going to be a Coach, Coach Hall's on a fantastic job at Southern Miss and um, what a great program that he has created down there a great fan base and we look forward to getting you guys there in the fall uh, take it easy on us and go up there and enjoy some Daniel Boone in while you're there coach thanks so much thank you so much all right that is uh, Appalachian State head coach Sean Clark really intelligent guy clearly and uh, they're gonna be you know they're gonna be a force to be dealt with Kelly they 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 have established in recent years what Southern Miss established back in the Jim Carmody, Bobby Collins, uh, Jeff Bauer era, you know, they're seen as as one of the uh, mid-major, quote-unquote, programs that's capable of going anywhere and winning. I remember when they beat Michigan, however many years ago that was. Uh, that's big. Yeah, when you go to Michigan and, and beat them, but, but since then, you'll hear the broadcasters like the scoreboard show hosts say things like, Appalachian State is at it again. You know, like, 
like they're notorious mm-hmm. for beating these big teams. But as Coach Clark was saying, no, we we've got it in our heads now that that we can beat anybody. They put yeah. their pants on one leg at a time, but but they've got some challenges on the offensive line. That they've got to discover some guys that are going to be able to to fill up those holes. That's that's a part that that did concern them a little bit. Um, but remember, they play Southern Miss late in the year. You know, so. The, the complexion of both of these teams because of injuries and whatnot could be a lot different when they do get to play. No question. But, uh, but that's one of the two teams that Southern Miss will play in the East along with Old Dominion. All right, note to Southern Miss fans that have not bought football tickets yet, the Southern Miss-Appalachian State game in November is already sold out. That's right. So the Southern Miss-Tulane game should be sold out. The Southern Miss-Troy game should be sold out. There are a lot of good football games going to take place here in Hattiesburg. And really, Kelly, I mean, at this point, there is no excuse for the games not to be sold out. No, and if and again, if you can't go for some reason, if, and we know you're, you're big into you know travel soccer for your kids and the things that your kids have got a little tackle football games going, give the tickets to somebody else. You know, let well, let them buy uh, them at least, enjoy them. But this game with App State or Crap State, as we affectionately call it, did you need to say that to uh, Coach Clark? I'm assuming. No, have, have you seen Coach Clark? Yeah, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> big dude. This should be the battle for the rock. If I was marketing this game, you know, it'd say, okay, whoever wins this game gets mm-hmm. to keep the the name for their stadium. The other one is going to have to come up with another name. We're not giving up our name, whether we win or lose. Well, this was the original rock. These guys are Johnny-come-latelys. Again, tell Coach Clark that uh, Bob, when, when you see him. Beautiful uh, place, I hear. My daughter was up there uh, last year at some sort of banking convention she was at, and uh she said it was spectacular. She said the campus is just incredible. It's in the western part of North Carolina, Boone is, which is unique because, you know, in the eastern part, you get you, you have to compete with North Carolina. You have to compete with Duke, Wake Forest, all those other, you know, ACC and uh, schools. But they get, they get like everybody in the western part of North Carolina. And when you get up there in those foothills, um, and, uh, and I hear it is breathtaking that time of year when you get toward Halloween yeah. and you see the orange and yellow and red of the trees yeah. and, it, and the stadium is nestled right in there amongst all that. Too late, as Bob just mentioned. If you're thinking, Sold out. Yeah, if you're thinking, boy, that might make a nice trip. Well, you well, could take you, the trip. You could take the trip, but you're probably not going to get to the game. <laughs> right. They have a rabid fan base. They'll be juiced up that night. You can be sure. It'll be exciting. That's, isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we want? Kyle, as, uh, as our friend Marchant Kenny would say, it's football season, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll be back, and I'm going to ask Kelly something he doesn't know I'm going to ask him yet. But we think if the answer is yes, you'll all be happy. Stay with us. Soccer and volleyball news to come as well. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back. I want to thank Sean Clark, Appalachian State coach, for taking the time to talk to Kelly when he was in New Orleans. Uh, we appreciated that very much. Uh, Patrick McGee, of course, uh, always appreciate Patrick's contribution. And glad to introduce Damian Duff 
to the Super Talk Eagle Hour, although I'm not really sure that Damien is really glad that he was on the show. Real quick, Kelly, you got a couple things, and I have a very important question. Updating some headlines from around the Southern Miss athletic family, the women's soccer team, which is our only soccer team, right? Uh, soccer at Ole Miss tonight. That game, as they begin the season now uh, with Ernest, that begins at 6 o'clock tonight, the Lady Eagles against Ole Miss. Then they will continue that SEC road swing. They will head from Oxford and go over to Baton Rouge to take on LSU. That game is scheduled for 4 o'clock on Sunday afternoon at LSU. But uh, as Coach Mo told us, that's how, you know he be- believes very much that iron sharpens iron. You play the best teams that you can find, uh, regardless of your record, because when you get into conference play, that'll help you. So again, Lady Eagle soccer team at Ole Miss tonight and Sunday at LSU. Meanwhile, the volleyball team will have their black and gold scrimmage day after tomorrow. That's Saturday at 2 o'clock. If you want to see uh, the entire volleyball team in action, you can see them as they break up into two teams and scrimmage Saturday at 2 at the Volleyball Complex. And speaking of volleyball, the Sunbelt Preseason Volleyball Coaches Poll is out. Let's take a look at the West, first of all. The Evil Empire down in Mobile, South Al, projected to win uh, the West with 93 uh, total votes. Texas State second, Troy third. They're right behind at 77 and 71. Then the Lady Eagles check in fourth in the preseason poll and rounding out the West, Louisiana, Arkansas State, and Louisiana Monroe. So the Lady Eagles projected to finish fourth in the West. In the East, James Madison is supposed to be the king of the hill on that side, closely followed by Appalachian State and then Coastal Carolina, rounding out the East, Georgia Southern, Old Dominion, Marshall, and Georgia State. Megan Harris, by the way, of uh, Southern Miss, was voted the preseason libero of the year. And the libero is that one that kind of makes everything happen on the floor. Again, Lady Eagles will begin the season with a scrimmage this coming Saturday at 2 o'clock. Y'all are invited to, to attend at the Volleyball Complex. As many of you know that listen to the show on a regular basis, Kelly is personal friends with a great man from the Far East, Kelnak the Magnificent. The visitor from the East, soothsayer, sage, and prognosticator. And smart SOB. I mean, this guy can look into the future and tell you what's going to happen. So I have an idea. Kelly, I'm asking you to reach out to Kelnak in whatever mystical way you do. Don't let me interrupt the, the singing, singing over here. Uh, and ask Kelnak if he could... There she Focus on the future of the Sunbelt Conference football season. Well, now, we already had Will uh, Phil Hall talking about uh, it. Kelly, I want to bring Phil on the same show with Kelnak. Let Kelnak make his predictions, and let's get Phil Hall's reaction. What do you think are the possibilities of that? Oh, boy. I, you know, he's, he's he tries to kind of lay low over there in the East. Uh, a lot of people requesting Kelnak's prognostication. But, but yes, and yes, and we want to bring the camel too. Hump the wonder hump, hump the wonder camel. As long as Hump can be fed a, a free meal, I think we could probably talk Kelnak in, into coming. But you know, uh Phil Hall said that the Eagles are going to run the table, Bob, that they're going to win every single game. Well, what a fascinating matchup with Kelnak and Phil Hall. What do you think? Can you work on it? Boy, you don't know what you're asking here to pull this off, but uh but, but I think I think I think we can do it, Bob. Today is the seventeenth. Seventeenth, we will be uh, doing our kickoff for football season on the first. Yeah, I say we shoot for the thirtieth. 
Okay. The day the before Wednesday our two- before football season starts, Kelnack and Phil Hall. And actually the first, aren't we doing a two-hour special? We are on the first, yes. Yeah, that'll be fun. Location to be determined, fuzzies. But I'm, yes, I'm just and again, with, with Kelnack, I can... You know, we'll the thirtieth, the thirtieth of the month. What do you think? He's going to have to probably leave tomorrow to get over here by then. Well, you know, Hump but. needs to get it, get going. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to work on it? Yes, we will. All work right, Kelnack and Phil Hall appearing together on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Well, Rebecca Hall will not be excited. That, that no, Phil. and Coach and the real and, and Coach <laughs> Hall is welcome to join too if he like. He may be busy. Wow, so he may be busy that week. Yeah, but, I would uh, think a couple of days before the opener he might have but something. As to you do. know, he has an open invitation here to the Eagles. Yes, Hour, so. and actually next Tuesday is August twenty second, and that's the day that he said Coach Hall said that he would like to have his starting quarterback named. So now whether that happens or not, we don't know. But right. Tuesday, August twenty second, and later we'll get uh, Coach. Uh, uh, Ladner on to predict another conference championship season. Well, Coach Cardona was the one that, that asked. I, I know, but and, I'm going to give Coach Ladner a chance this year to predict. And you that. remember we thought that he was on some high-grade medication? when? <laughs> Damn, he was right, wasn't he? <laughs> he was who right. Who would have bet on that that and, day? <laughs> I mean, you always go into the season thinking you're going to win it, right? But, but I mean... He didn't act like he thought they were going to win it. He knew. And they said, and I want to see all those people that want to run Coach off. Remember that? And they won it. Son of a gun. The whole thing. All right, Phil Hall and Kelnack the Magnificent on August the 30th. I can't wait. It'll it'll be probably the highest rated show ever on the Eagle Hour. Get to working on it, Kelly. Most likely. All right, special show tomorrow, full hour with Scott Berry. Really insightful interview, I think, with Coach and uh, talk a lot about baseball and other things other than baseball. I think you'll enjoy it. Scott Berry tomorrow at 1 o'clock. We'll be back Monday at 1. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.